Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. Get it all out, buddy. Get it yeah. all out. It's morning. It's morning. To ABC <laughs> to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Hardy. VCR it. 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Has anybody noticed how crooked my nose is? I sure did this morning. Nothing more disappointing than knowing you made the shitty coffee. Welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which we discuss David e. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice This Week. We are up to season six, episode three, Liars, Pokers, and we are doing this episode at 11-ish a.m. in the morning here on Sunday, March 28th. It's a rainy day. We decided to record on the rainy day so we could spend yesterday in the sun outside. How's it going, Mike? That was actually, we rarely plan something that works out, and it worked out just fine, Keith. Yes, yes, we did. We, we, and it was weather related. Yeah. And future, not past weather related. Uh, I'm repping wow. the Phillies gear today because when this airs, <clears throat> it'll be April 5th ish. And that, oh, uh, that's right. We will be uh, in a, uh, a three game set versus the New York Mets. So my wife and I are in mortal. A conflict right now. She is a Mets fan. I am a Phillies fan. Rocking uh, the baby blue. Happy to have baseball back, baby. And uh, another sign that we are stumbling, bumbling, and fumbling our way towards the finish line, but uh, towards the finish line nonetheless, Keith. Yeah, no, I, I I feel the same way. And we sort of had a, we. I don't care about baseball. It's not a sport. But uh, Speaking of sort of getting towards the finish line, uh, I was texting you and CEO Jen yesterday because Jillian and I, we got our patio furniture and I assembled it and it's amazing. It's been beautiful here in the New Jerseys. And uh, Jillian and I have been sitting outside for like eight hours a day. And yeah. uh, just- That's in, all I do. I mean, the, the idea to have uh, outdoor space that's not a fire escape for the first time in 20 years, has been just, just completely uh, eye-opening and amazing. It's, I mean, and like our yard is nothing special. It's like a little square patch of grass with a shed. That's all you but need. But it's, it's like, oh my God, we can I've just been, be outside? We got patio furniture. I, I kick, I'm kicking my feet up every day. I bring the cat out on my lap. I put my little laptop up. I've got my Bluetooth speaker, and it feels like I am a prince. It just That's truly I, right. You've, I'm like I'm the king of this castle. This now we can't have a fire pit on the balcony. Foot castle. So we got a Mister Buddy heater for those cool nights. I just put a oh, propane nice. heat directly on my face. It's really about as white trash as one can get. But no, you know what? that's great. Um, Keith, real quick before I forget, mm. to uh, everyone, to no one will care about this, but I'm gonna. It's for you. <coughs> 
you just made that crack that baseball isn't a sport. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's funny because I'm living here in Philly. It's one thing when I was in New York and streaming all my games from Philadelphia. It's a right. different vibe when you're here and talk radio is all Philly sports all the time. So, look, we love to love our teams here in Philadelphia. But there's one thing we love more than loving our teams. Uh, I know what and this that is. Is hating our teams and the Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> your your sport, have sh been shitting the bed so hard. Corey Hart has mm -hmm, turned mm -hmm. from like one of the best goalies in the NFL to, or NHL to kind of just forgetting how to play the position. And uh, we are having a field day with it. Feel a little bit bad. They've won a couple games this past week, but uh, we are we are we're finding a way to tank what was a pretty good season up until this point. Look, you got to be patient with the young goalies. It takes, especially in the NHL, it takes goalies longer time to develop than any other position and they put heart in when he was like 21 which is not a time where you start the goalies so well it's, you're it's 40 years old Keith. Fault. it's a little late is what i'm saying <laughs> look i just need time to develop yeah. <laughs> i'm developing all this padding the puck that hit me i won't even you've notice. got the nose for hockey that's i've got sure. the I, I i already do <laughs> i got a scar from a hockey fight i mean come on all right what are we doing today? Oh uh, well, I, I well, a I want to. I have I have a quick thing I want to say, and then but I should before I do that, I should mention you mentioned bringing your cat outside. Charlie escaped yesterday and gave uh -oh. us a scare of a lifetime. Hashtag cat content. Cat content. That's why you're here. You're here to two straight guys talking about their cats. Meow, meow, meow. Actually, we Keith, it's mm. we need cat content bumper when we're going into cat content. We're gonna need a bumper. Oh, we absolutely you do. Know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I won't play the song I wrote uh, for Charlie one right before he died that I literally can't get through without sobbing. Hashtag morbid cat content. <laughs> <laughs> Do you no, need a place nice. to go deep into the dark webs of the Internet? Do you want to cry about the cat, cat that died content? 18 years ago? Really? Into <laughs> morbid cat con I mean, are you a goth cat? Goth cat. This is your show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Charlie, uh, so I, as, uh, as I've talked about Charlie, and he is right this very minute, uh, right above me in the window well, and I thought I had tacked it down to the point where he couldn't get out, and yesterday morning, Handyman like, Keith thought he I'm, did it properly. Well, I yeah, I was typing on my, type, <laughs> typing away, this story, and I love all this of a sudden, already. I think Charlie, there, there's a couple of uh, neighborhood cats that walk by, and he goes bonkers for them. And I think he saw one and just teleported out of the window. I, he just went straight forward and got himself out. And I'm like, ah! and I make this crazy noise, and Jillian comes running down because he thinks I like broke my leg. And I and I run out into the street, and happily I was right there, and so you know I was able to find him pretty quickly, and he ended up sort of heading back into our yard, and I picked him up and put him back inside. Do you have a collar but for him? We are we are getting a collar for him <clears throat> with his with his name and his phone number. I also went to Lowe's, and I got a whole bunch of uh, self-drilling screws and screwed the thing directly into the metal. Keith has Shawshanked the cat. The cat has I been have, Shawshanked. No, he's not getting out now. Let me tell you. I, if you see a, uh, a, 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 a a cutie girl poster hanging on the wall in there, you know he's he's chuneling out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Farrah Fawcett's up there. Yeah, no, no, but it's a cat. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go with the Fawcett, cat pun. Then? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
terrible. All right. Well, so that was exciting. We're happy he's back. Uh, he's not getting out now. He is watching the rain. He's very happy. Um, the other thing I wanted to just talk about a little bit because it's been going around for a long time, and and it's it's something that like I I don't I don't really know, even know how to talk about, but because uh, if straight white men don't talk about it, we should be we should be talking about the uh, horrible spate of uh, of racism towards Asians going on this this whole, this whole year really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been going on since the dawn of time, but specifically uh, since the coronavirus happened. It's and a lot of my uh, friends, my Asian friends, have been talking about it for a long time, and and it's been a it's it's been a thing that's been going on for a long time this this year, and it's really just getting ugly. And after the shooting that happened uh, last week for us, because we're a week behind um, or ahead, we're a week ahead. Uh, but point being, I, I don't really have much to say about it other than stop. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> It's yeah. it's been awful, but I, I feel like I feel like it should be said everywhere, uh, not just on social media. So there it is. You know, we talked about it before, Keith, and this is not uh, this is going to sound way too woe is me for our own my own good. Um, but I guess what my 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 issue is that we're in such a, a an interesting time where I think uh, straight white men specifically are. Getting our due—I don't want to say comeuppance, but we're getting accountability. Accountability. Thank you. We're getting—we're we're being told to shut up, and I think that that is probably the healthiest uh, thing to do. I think we need to do—we need, as we're on our own podcast, but in the global sense, I think we need to do a lot less uh, uh, making of the rules and more following of the rules and observing and listening. Uh, when it comes to many things. And but my biggest issue, not issue, my, the, the thing I struggle with sometimes, we've talked about it on the show, is that you and I consider ourselves allies. Uh, and it, finding the ways to do that in this climate that is helpful and not obstructive or or counterproductive is, right. is I don't want to call it a challenge, it's it's an education, and, and I hope, I'm glad that we're both on it. Well, and, and <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so too. And there's an interesting dichotomy because there is both the uh, obligation to do what you said, to shut up and allow other voices uh, and to, you know, just get out of the way sometimes, stop dominating everything, but also an obligation to speak up and an obligation to you know, it's just like, don't just be not racist, be anti-racist, like actually take action, do things, use, use that privilege to, to do some good and to fight. And so there, there is a, there's, there's a bit of a push pull there. And, and there is a, you know, uh, those of us who are at least well-intentioned, we think, um, want to help, don't always know how to help. We want to ask, how do we help? And the people we're asking are like, you know, we are so fucking sick of telling you how to help. It's like, I don't want to have to like baby you through stopping oppressing me and just figure it out. And and so there, there's a there's a lot of conflicting obligations. And and I, I say that not as a complaint and not as a, like I said, woe is me, but as a... a really recognizing the gap in our accountability that has been there for so long, we don't even understand it. 
and and there and there is a you know there's an affirmative obligation to figure it out <laughs> keep working on it and i wa- i watched a, a, a 30 for 30 documentary last night uh, on bruce lee called be like water i don't know if you watched that one no i haven't and seen it no it's uh it's interesting cuz you know we the the bruce bruce the bruce the bruce lee uh, legend slash bio as is pretty well tread material at this point but this looks at it through the lens of uh the roadblocks he faced because he was an asian american and sure. how reticent hollywood was to give him any lead role because of the way he spoke because of the way he looked you know just be- as a commercial property and uh, what a struggle that was his entire lifelong, and he never got to see the benefits of it here in the states uh, until you know until he was his family so, luckily got to see some of that success after he had passed away. But um, it's uh, yeah. it's a it's an eye opening look, and there are plenty of of great documentaries. In fact, if uh, if you're a person in in a community that you feel is underserved, and you you have any recommendations for things that we can watch or things ways that we can help, uh, we are all ears. Make sure out of practice podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, and yeah, uh, let sure. us know. No, and and I think it's a. I'm working on a on a, a musical that deals with racism a fair amount, and realizing, and I had to set it in 1980, so as to call to a time where racism being bad wasn't a controversial subject. <laughs> it's yeah. like. You know, the, the the good old days when the racists were the bad guys, always. Not, you know, not, they were... Ugh. Anyway, that's... Uh, yeah, let's move forward. Uh, but I did feel like I wanted to say that, and uh, especially this also week, and I'm, I won't go into it, but the uh, just abomination of uh, laws, of voting laws in Georgia, and really all over the country, but this particular new set of uh, voter suppression laws in Georgia are just abominable. And uh, I hope that gets resolved. Stacey Abrams, save us all. All right. Well, this has been your uh, liberal white dudes talking. Let's move <laughs> forward to uh, everyone's favorite segment in which we talk to Phoenix for half an hour entitled. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. All well, of course, we heard from moderator Phoenix Cage, who uh, had a fair amount of things to say, one of which uh, comment got deleted, I believe. And we, we discussed it a fair amount on, on YouTube why his comment was deleted. Uh, but I think it was the link. I think if you put a link in the, in a YouTube comment, people shut it down. Unclear. Yeah, well, it was about uh, the Scrubs podcast uh, by the two stars of Scrubs. They don't need the they don't need the commercial uh they don't need our help anyway. They don't need the oopsie bump. So it's well, and it, it's really true. So many of the shows now, the cast are the ones doing the the episode recap, uh, mm-hmm. which is which. So which any sucks. members of the practice, if you're looking to get into the podcast game, we've already set the set the table for you. Come on in. <laughs> Hopefully, your tech will work, and we'll just I'm seamlessly sure... put you into the flow. No, and I'm I'm sure you can you know start your own rival podcast and steal our listener, and uh, <laughs> yo Dana well, Carvey started a podcast. If you're not listening to Dana Carvey's podcast, holy crap, he has he has nailed the Biden. I have not oh, seen he? one Biden impression that has been worth a damn. Dana Carvey has it. In fact, if you need a taste, real quick, just de- go to your DVR from uh, a couple of nights ago. He was on Colbert. He does the Biden. Mm. It is excellent. Awesome. 
Awesome. All right. Well, good. I mean, all of my impressions are stolen from SNL impressionists. So I'm just doing an impression of an impression because I'm not, you know, talented. All right. Anyway, uh, so Phoenix says, I'm an episode ahead on this comment, so I won't name any names, which is good because we're an episode ahead right now. Yeah, baby. Uh, but there are some great guest stars in 602. One of them saved my favorite Van Damme flick from ending up as a B movie. Uh, that's, oh yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know which movie he's particularly referencing, but I, I'm, I'm assuming it's Charles uh, S. Dutton. We could probably figure it out. Bloodsport, Game of Blood, Bloodsporty, Dragon of Blood, Blood Kicking, oh, Kick Bloodsport was great. Kick yeah. Puncher. Yeah. They're all the same thing. Uh, great. And he also says, I'm going to make sure I expand the whole thing. As I'm watching the recap in the next episode, a couple of things occurred to me. This is when a good comment. When the I haven't read it. When the police arrive to the scene of a homicide and no one is saying anything, how could they rule out anyone as a suspect? Damn right. With the possible exception of their lawyer, everyone at that scene should be treated as one and tested for gunshot residue and trace metals. Obviously, of course. Not only would it be due diligence, but it would also strengthen their position against the one who they attempt to make a case against. A plan B against those were uh, against those were tested would lose credibility. And the daughter wouldn't have jumped up to claim she did it. The more I think about it, the more it feels like a plot hole, or at the very least, a convenient incompetence. And secondly, I, I, yes, Phoenix, you're 100% right. Yeah, the more uh, I think I, about it, in fact, that on that point, hey, Charlie, I see him, I see him back there. Oh, the more yeah, I think about it on that point, your police officer coming in, well, forget the police for a second. Just as a family, the daughter, right, and the everybody, they, it wasn't just that the, the senator took a shower. Everyone showered. We saw it in the opening credits. We made fun of it on the podcast. Everyone was puking. They were showering. They were cleaning up. Then Eleanor came over leisurely. She let them take another shower. The police arrived. It must have been hours from the murder. And wouldn't the autopsy report have been like, this guy's been dead for a long time? Well, I think they did reference the fact that, uh, you know, the, it, it took him a long time to call the police. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it certainly the the level of police incompetence is pretty brutal. Uh, Phoenix continues. And secondly, Emmy Rossum is amazing. I watched Hell Shameless yeah. years ago, and it was just okay. But Emmy kept me in it for five seasons. Random bonus fact, she got married at the age of 21. It only lasted two years. How about you know, now, normally I'd say, well, okay. All right, Phoenix. But since he is our uh, official podcast uh, moderator, we give him some leeway on his tangent. And aren't we, are we nothing but just a two hours of tangents? We are, this is literally just a tangent from our real life, mm -hmm. this entire podcast. Uh, also, on the Instagram, Charlie's going nuts. Uh, it's windy. On your window, inaugural Hikoopsie, uh, we, uh, Leanne, of course, uh, our founding sponsor and good friend, Leanne, uh, Hart said, oh, for the love of God. Yeah, that's what I everybody think said. is the appropriate response to the new Haikupsi yes. segment. And Kayla Martin123 said, charisma is superior to Trump. Damn well, just about right. everything is. 
Yeah, because yeah, in your haiku, it said, can charisma trump justice? And uh, charisma is definitely superior to... Well, in many Trump. ways, Trump, Trump trumped justice, didn't he? Uh, not yet. They're coming for me. I'm going to be in jail in six months. The, pe- the protesters were very peaceful. They were very hugging and kissing cops. They were hugging cops. and kissing the cops that they murdered. Wow. I can't, I don't, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's more about the impression, please. Don't take that out of context and put it on the internet. Oh, wait, that's what I do. <laughs> All day long, every day. All right. Well, let us move forward. Uh, first, by saying our, giving our contact info. I always forget. Oh, yes, which is on the screen. It's on the screen already. Woohoo! We planned ahead. Oh, God, we are so freaking professional. Uh, you can email us and join the conversation at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at outofpracticepodcast on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, so join, uh, join up. And the other thing you should join. Wow, it's early. Oh, my God, my brain is dead. Yeah, it's okay, buddy. The other thing you should join is join the jury. And you can join the jury by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other rating services of your choice. And uh, you can, we will be so grateful. You will get your <laughs> screen name here, up here with Judge Kittleson, on Coming the screen, well. on the YouTube every week. And you will help us find new listeners, which is a really big deal to us, at least, if not to you. It is now time to hop back into the time machine. We are going all the way back more than 20 years ago to October 7th, the year 2001. There was a heck of a lot going on. Let's find out what was going on this day in the basement. Ah, oh, look at that. I never placed the little scroll for me thing. I, 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 I've screwed something else up. But you know what? It doesn't. We don't always need that thing. Sometimes we just go, we go right into this, you know? Nobody watches this. Everyone's listening on the podcast. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, you're damn right. Uh, who's, who wants to go first today? Uh, uh, you go first. Okay. You always go oh. first. That's the rules. You're right. You uh, follow the rules, Mike. We got to follow the rules. Uh, but Integrity. Uh, Nothing if not integrity. It means, it means I have to hit some buttons. Whoa, look at that. Ooh, look at that button. That's a button. That's yeah, a button, baby. Good. Oh, that's wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's smashing buttons. You're here for cat content and Mike hitting the wrong buttons. <laughs> Keith, you remember last week I was New York dreaming? Yeah, you sure were. And this week, baby, I made it. Uh, oh, look at that. Was there that it is. where your dorm was? That was my specific room. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, now, was that first, a walk up or did you have an elevator? Oh, there, no, there was an elevator, actually. There was an elevator. And uh, so this was at the time called Hayden Hall at at. At uh, now it's Park Seventy Nine, it, and it's much nicer. <laughs> and uh, it was a combination. Now I don't know if any of you watched that Netflix uh, thing about the Cecil Hotel. I did. Yeah. So what this building shared with that Cecil Hotel is that it was a combination dorm room slash uh, single night occupancy uh, murder hobo, village, Hoboville. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
that you'll see one, two, three, four, five, six windows. There were another six windows on the back for six Ooh. other apartments, and Ooh. we all shared a bathroom on the floor. That makes perfect sense. Yes, and only three of those rooms were quote-unquote college dorm rooms. They were more like holes. Picture your smallest bedroom. It mm-hmm, had a mm-hmm. sink and a bunk bed and a hot plate. That's what I was living with. Ah. And uh, I originally lived with this guy, Richard Zoo. That lasted a week because mm-hmm. it was a zoo. He was the guy who was on Broadway and just like doing his own thing. Right. Um, that was not his actual name. It was close to his name, but I changed it a little bit. Oh, I was about to look him up. Yeah. And uh, then I got bunked in with my soon-to-be friend, Jason. So that's what I'm going to talk about right now. Keith, I happen to have here... Oh, uh, also to note, uh, we would have to... The sink, you couldn't get any... The sink in our bedroom was so small, you couldn't actually get anything under it. So Jason and I would basically live off of Kool-Aid. But in order to make the Kool-Aid, I had to put the Kool-Aid packet in in the room and then walk it over to the nasty bathroom I shared with half hobos, half college kids, and like pour the water from the tub, the nasty tub, into the Kool-Aid thing. I mean, it was co- it was college. And, and the, the crazy was, thing is, like, that neighborhood now... Yeah. <laughs> It's like everyone's dog can buy well, and sell. What you. we were we were paying, I think it was like nine hundred and ninety dollars uh each. Each for that wow. little hole. Okay, so this is on 79th and Columbus. So I That's was insane. a stone's throw away from, from the, park, the park, the what we used to call the dog zoo, because there was like a dog run in the Natural History Museum, but it was all covered by fencing, so it was basically a zoo. Um I'll, t- I'll tell you in a couple of weeks like how broke I was because I have a, a story that perfectly perfectly encapsulates it. But well, paying uh, nine ninety in two thousand one for that shithole like that's, also that's where John Lennon got murdered was like two doors down. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean it was we were right there. It was a, a one. I didn't recognize how lucky I was at the time that I would never live in a neighborhood like this ever ever again. Uh, but it was close to school. School was down on seventy third Street, so. Uh, anyway, it was a stone's throw. That place was just disgusting, but it was my first. Um, and I had, oh, I have to click on it, okay? Uh, I had my first musical theater class with this group oh, of yes. this group of bozos. Uh, and, you know, I went through all of school, and I've had a career of 20-some years, and I never met a teacher better than this guy. He's not in the photo, unfortunately. His name was Darren Cohen. Uh, he still coaches in New York City. He is just the greatest. And really? he had a way of peering into your soul. And what's interesting is first day of class, we had to get up and tell a little bit, our, bit about ourselves and our home life. And of course, it came up that I my dad had just died and I moved to New York City and I was kind of working through it. And he's like, okay, there's a song from working called Fathers and Sons. And <laughs> now you will learn it and sing it for tomorrow. And I was like, but, and let me tell you the lyric of that song is basically a father he, he recognized I needed some therapy, so he found a song where I would be the father speaking to my kid. And I have sung that song forever since because it, mm. uh, what a great teacher. Uh, you only get a few of them, you know what I mean? You only get a few. Well, and I'm are, sure the context of that song has changed completely. in the 20 years because you've gone from the kid to you could be the father now. I was a that. kid at the time, yeah. And he, yeah. Was make, he just needed to force me to see it through those eyes. That guy, he had a way. Anyway, I've all but forgotten most of these people. No, that's not true. I remember most of these people. But what I think one of the biggest blessings of college is, or this, my experience. Let's see if I recognize anybody. Well, you will. Okay. Because uh, these two bozos 
I oh. met that first night of that first class. Mm-hmm. And we all took a walk together as we like were for, I think we had to go see Forty Second Street as like a class group trip. We had a oh, was, friend, was Beth doing it then? No, Meredith, Meredith Patterson had just yeah. um, a quintessential Forty Second Street story. The girl playing uh, Meredith, who was an AMDA grad or from our school, was in the ensemble. She was a cover, and during one of the opening one of the numbers in the first act, uh, the woman playing Peggy turned her ankle, literally <laughs> fell onto the ground and started crawling towards the wing and Meredith Patterson just flapped up front and took over Peggy and that is, and then she it's, stayed Peggy. And then it happened again in the plot of the show. Yes, it's <laughs> awesome. And, uh, I, and ironic because last week you were talking about Thoroughly Modern, which Sutton Foster became a star because she was the understudy and took over in previews and it made her a superstar. Keith, we're just waiting it's our t- we're just waiting in the wings still, you and I. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. For when I was like an understudy up at uh, Mary Garan Theater in 2008. It still, ha- yeah. it still hasn't happened. I haven't gone on yet. That's yeah. the problem. Uh, you met me as an understudy. I was covering Devin, remember? Um, oh, that's... Oh, you were covering Devin? I didn't remember that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't cover anybody. Yeah, he, he sure went on to have my career. So, uh, <laughs> like, literally. Um, anyway... So these two fools I met that night, we all had the same sort of offbeat, reverent, irreverent sense of humor. And that was 21 years ago. 20. Uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've been, the three of us have been best friends ever since. And uh, here's us in college at the top. And then there's us at Tina's wedding in the middle. And then there's Uh, us at my wedding at the bottom. Cute. You'll notice my friend Jason does not age. No, he doesn't. What the hell? he is still a child, and I despise him for it. And then just a few years ago, I was at your we wedding. went back. Oh, did you really? And that's us in front of the building we all met at. And then here's we, Keith, we snuck in to Amda. We are not supposed to go in, but we snuck in. Oh, hell yeah. And what is hysterical is that in one of the back walls, you can't see it here, but one in the back walls, in like a corner tucked away on their wall of fame, they forgot to take down... My headshot from Titanic. <laughs> which is where I met you. That's right. And Only a couple continues. years later. Yeah, which makes me laugh because I think we might see another headshot a little bit. Yes, we will. Oh, my God. We're, we're so in sync today. So that's anyway, so that's funny. exactly what I was doing exactly 20 years ago, which is really, really And weird. we should point out that your friend Tina was the one who uh, got me cast on the, uh, on the show. Yes. On Full the, uh, circle, baby. Full circle. On, on, the, on that show that's coming out. I, I have been told by the press team I can't talk about it anymore. So, not that they were, they were aware that I talked about it because, good Lord, they were not clocking this. But, <laughs> like, do not post, post on social media about this. But it's supposed to come out next month. Oh, great. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, how interesting. Small world, very, very small world. So, uh, for my This Day in the Basement, I have a little odds and ends section uh, because, happily, I now have access to my email. That's so awesome. Uh, I checked from I that not. time. So, I have so much more information about what was happening at that point uh, than I ever knew. So, a couple things happened at that point. Uh, my younger brother started playing for the Twin City Sabercats in uh, junior A ice hockey uh, in his the, be, the beginning of his junior hockey career. And uh, so I got an email that day with a report from uh, 
all the all of the uh you know hitting he he was well he was a tough player man i would not want to play against him he was a murderer uh when he was playing for the twin city sabercats he would go on to play for a couple for two other teams before playing in college hockey uh so that was cool i saw my ebay receipt and i purchased a giant a monumental 20 inch zenith television on ebay crt a, oh yeah Oh yeah, because oh, HD at this point was like twelve thousand dollars for a thirty incher, <laughs> and it for a, I paid one hundred and seven dollars and thirty cents for the twenty inch Zenith television. Now I remember that TV very well because it had a cracked motherboard, mm. and so the only way I could get it to work is I cut a hole in the back and duct taped the motherboard down a little bit at an angle so that it would so it would sink. And it shocked me every time. And I can't believe I didn't die. Like, that was a hazard in every possible way. I don't know what I was thinking. That was the stupidest thing I ever did. Uh, so the next thing I'll do... Maybe on um, the list, Keith, but stupidest? No. Stupid. Well, it's up there. Now, before I reveal the headshot, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this day. It's it's a bit of a spoiler for this day in the world, but October 7th, the year 2001, was actually the first day of the war in Afghanistan. Mm. It was the beginning of the bombing that night. And uh, in fact, we, we talk about the Berlin Free Press. It hadn't even started. So the, the headline was not right. It started after the, uh, the, the Free Press printed. But... Um, because it was, we were less than a month after 9-11 and we were about to start uh, a series of wars. Uh, my mother sent this. And uh, speaking of racial hatred these days, um, this flyer about the uh, horrible unjust hatred that was happening to all people of Middle Eastern descent, whether they had any relation, which of course... All of it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, and right. you know, pointing out the difference between being a Sikh and being a Muslim. Not that it makes any difference, even if you are a Muslim. It, it's, and but, but just like the unbelievable amount of hatred that was happening at that point that went on for years and years and years, and reminding everybody that uh, we have plenty of homegrown terrorists, which we are seeing literally this week, uh, that are white dudes just like us, and uh, we don't. Uh, beat them up all the time and assault them. So, uh, but it was, it was interesting, the parallels going on <clears throat> and that this, this was the conversation going on in my family at this point as this war began. Uh, I'm glad we solved that. But on a lighter note, uh, as we were, as I was preparing, I mentioned last week, uh, I was beginning rehearsals for Transformations, the atonal opera, which I believe I might actually be able to get a clip for next mm -hmm. week. You're damn week right you will. You're damn right you will. We'll see. Well, I, look, I, it, it, my father's transferring it on VHS to digital, so we'll see if that happens. But in order to uh, do this opera, I needed my first headshot. And so I had a friend of mine who was also an opera student and in the opera with me, had a camera, an old film camera, and took my very first headshot. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Indeglio, with much joy in his heart, now gets to fade from Timothy McVeigh and Osama bin Laden <laughs> directly into Osama bin Keith. Yes! <laughs> there it is. There is me with my... 
Uh, late 90s, early 2000s goatee, which I thought was the manliest thing in the yeah, world. You were I just have... like, you know what? I want to be Vincent Price. And so <laughs> <laughs> I have the exact same haircut. Although, oh boy, I don't like the fact that it feels like my 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 forehead got a little bigger. Yeah. I'm putting the curtains back down. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> oh no, that's so. I tell you that's, what, that's pretty good. That's disturbing. That's pretty good. In fact, you know what, guys? You know what I think we should do here. This is this is impromptu. I'm not Uh-oh. prepared to do this, but hold on. I don't like this. I do it live. We're doing it live. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening, but I don't like it already. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna be able to pull it off. I'm not gonna be able to pull it off here. I oh, I way to set it up, and then it didn't I was work. Trying to get, I was trying to get our headshots side by side. Oh yes. You know what I mean? Am I able well, to do? I'm not able to do it. But that was your Titanic headshot. I I had a Titanic You're right. headshot. You know what? we're so gonna we, get we to can Titanic. Put those together when we get there. Okay. Uh, because this was a couple of years before that, so this was my first baby headshot, and for whatever reason, uh, I couldn't find the original, and I cropped it, but. Right above the top of that, my hair is completely messy, and I cropped it oh, below that. Interesting but crop. I, like, I, I couldn't conceive of like combing my hair before I did a headshot. I was that. You got that deep V too, which we really appreciate. That deep V. Oh, I'm all about the deep V. Okay, let us now, uh, <laughs> after all of that nonsense, talk about. Let's zoom back out and talk about. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. It now was rainy back yesterday. to Keith and Mike. Okay. The top song continued to be Fallen by Alicia Keys. The top movie was Training Day. Good movie. That's a great movie. $22 million. And as I mentioned before, the cover of the Brotherhood Free Press said, Time's up, Bush tells Afghans. uh, And time was up about eight hours after that uh, paper was printed. Wow, I like like all the acapella versions we do. There's, There's an acapella version of literally everything. Oh, that guy killed it right there. Unlike oh. Keith, I didn't write down the name of the band, so it, didn't, it needed some views. So it needs some views. Well, there <laughs> we go. All right, I'll tell you what needs some. What really needs yeah, some views? Absolutely. Our very best segment entitled. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. The New York Football Giants knocked out the Washington Racist names, twenty-three to nine, at Giant Stadium. The game was tight before a fourth-quarter touchdown from Collins to Dan Campbell, followed by a thirty-four interception, twenty-four-yard interception return for a touchdown by Jason Seahorn. Meanwhile, the Eagles lost a squeaker to the Arizona Cardinals, twenty-one to twenty, in Philly. Jake Plummer threw two touchdowns for Arizona, and Corell Buckholter rushed for one hundred and thirty-four yards. For the Eagles, you remember Corel Buckholder? I do remember Corel Butt. <laughs> Corel Buttholder. <laughs> Nothing pleases Mike more than screwing up names, especially when you call somebody Corel Buttholder. <laughs> We're children. Uh, we are. I was going to say children. the NFL is really having a field day with quarterbacks right now. Yeah. It's craziness. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually optimistic about my uh, New York football giants for the first time in a while. Yeah, but sure. every time you go on a big free agency spending spree, it blows up in our face. But every time I'm excited and I'm just going to get that bomb right on my face. Maybe you can straighten out my nose. Okay. Thank you for all of that. It is now time for... I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! It's time to talk about the damn episode! This episode, entitled Liar's Poker, is season six, episode three of The Practice. It was written not by series creator David E. Kelly, but by Lucas Reiter, who last wrote on Killing Time, last episode, Gardner Stern, who is joining the writing staff, who wrote on Chicago Hope, Law and Order, NYPD Blue, and Las Vegas, and Jonathan Shapiro, who last wrote on Poor Richard's Almanac. It was directed by Dwight H. Little, who last directed on Hammerhead Sharks, Massachusetts indeed, which leaves us with only one more thing to do, and that is... What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Well, it's the year, the season of sexy pitches. Yes, sexy pitches. Okay, so, you know, Liar's Poker, this is drawing me back to, you'll recall last episode, Murder Clothes Wife, Wife, you know when you combine wives and wife into one word, it's wife. Uh, so wife. Murder Clothes, <laughs> why can't I speak this morning <laughs> at all? I can't even form words. Uh, uh, no, you you, uh, you speak about as well as Corel Buttholder runs. <laughs> So uh, you'll recall that Eleanor and Murder Wife were really uh, calling each other's bluff last week. They were, Murder Wife was like, I'll sue you if you prosecute me. And Eleanor was like, watch me. And they basically, that's the whole, that's all they did all episode was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Eh, ooh, eh, ooh, eh. And then we saw Dylan Baker in prison and he was just like, apparently going to crazy, going to prison makes everyone crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're going to go back into that arc. We're not going to do a whole season five, 15 episode thing with this. We're going to wrap this case up this week. And I think what we're going to do is to make it sexy, Keith. Okay. Give us the pitch. Eleanor is going to press charges, right? But murder wife, in an attempt to corrupt the system and help herself, starts making hard, thirsty passes at none other than DA Helen Gamble. She starts Whoa. trying to get in Helen's pants. It gets a little steamy. I don't know how it turns out, but that is a wrinkle in the case. Is there's a there's a wow a sexy wrinkle with now, murder I, wife I'd like and to Helen. point out uh, that the uh, season six is actually the season of big pitches, <laughs> not sexy pitches. <laughs> oh, oh, well. <laughs> Mike is thirsty. So one week only, baby. You're getting that sexy pitches. So I, I, I said butt holder. So it's it's my own fault for 
setting, opening the door for Mike to make everything sexy. All right, so now all of your segments for the rest of the episode have to be sexy. Okay, that's only fair. It's only fair. <laughs> that's such a mess. All right. Well, folks, it's time for you to hop over to your podcasting service of choice oh, and boy. listen to us watch Liar's Poker. We'll see you later. And sexy. And sexy. Season six, episode three, Liar's Poker. Sexy. Oh, that's definitely not Los Angeles. <laughs> Jimmy's coming into a diner. Going into a diner. Norm! Oh, boy. Guys. Very famous actor who we're not quite sure how to talk about. Guy who definitely didn't mean to rub his genitals against you in the wings. Oh, my goodness. It is our... Uh, <clears throat> Second act, major guest actor who uh, perhaps went a little off the rails after filming this. Folks, it's Jeffrey Tambor, who is a Golden Globe winner. He is also was nominated for three more Golden Globes. He has two Emmys and nominated for nine of them. Uh, he got himself in trouble while uh, performing on Transparent. He was also into Arrested Development, the amazing Larry Sanders show, the Hangover series, and he was on Max Headroom. Oh, I love Max, Max Headroom. Max Headroom, which, was, uh, which my Uncle Jim worked on. He won his first Emmy on uh, Max Headroom. Well, that's awesome. I looked it up. He won two that year. Jeffrey Tambor, incredible actor, just didn't, uh, didn't know where to appropriately place his Golden Globes. You're number 218? Well, you did sort yes. of make it sexy. I thought Except I was meeting Freddie. No, Freddie works not. for me, but I gave him the day. No, off. no, very unsexy. That was horrible. <laughs> Jimmy. You made it sexual. Yeah. Profoundly not sexy. Though <laughs> so we should, we should say, I mean, I guess it's fair to say that uh, there was a full investigation. He was let go from the show, and I think that, that was, they settled it from there, right? Then he, he was not a, Yeah, I mean, not, he's, still, he's still working. I mean, it wasn't like wasn't any yeah. like criminal charges or whatever, but it was, uh, yeah, dicey. See, yeah, dicey. A cruel and unusual punishment. You see the game? Yeah. Of course you saw it. Five thousand dollar wager. You got a pulse. You're gonna watch the game. And a deception killed me. So Why Jimmy's I a degenerate gambler. I have a good portion. So it of would money. seem. Five thousand dollars is epic. What are you kidding? Get an eight and a half. But now, is this his bookie? With the Steelers and the losers. Certainly on, appears to be. The Falcons and the Rams and the Bears and the Niners. Plus, what you didn't get to Freddie last week. I have 7,000. Uh, Jesus Christ. So, guys, a uh, quick pitch meeting. Get it, let's get everybody, get all the writers in the room. Is everybody yeah, yeah, here? Okay, I'm here. I'm here. All right. Guys, you know, we've made Jimmy a dumb dumb. We've yep. made him uh, a crook. In fact, we met him as a crook. Uh, mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. getting money. So, you know, and then we've continually bring him back. We've made him a crazy kind of, uh, I don't want to say crazy, but we've made him a, a staunch conservative. We've had him be sort of a dick to all his friends in the office. He's, mm -hmm. and Michael Badalucco has shown that he can get himself out of any corner. Where else could we put him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where, where should we put him this week, you think? 
Oh, well, you know, I was wondering, just out of nowhere, with uh, with no setup uh, six seasons in, what if we make him like a crazy gambler? What, you mean like small wager, like tiny, like, oh, no, I no, just no, have no, a little... No, no, he, he made, we saw, because we wrote it earlier, it was on the screen, he makes $34,000 a year, so I think he should be making at least $5,000 bets. Wait, that was his salary? $35,000 a year? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, I think he got a raise, but yeah. Okay, so yes, he should be doing one-sixth of his salary on bets against the Steelers. Right, right. Okay, so let's do that. Uh, who it was like get? Cordell Stewart era of the Steelers. Oof, it doesn't matter. Jimmy, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> 27 more. Which but didn't they just win a bunch of millions of dollars with uh, Carla Bassett? Now. He did, but did, did you, you missed it. He owes $27,000. I got a call in to a cousin of mine in Worcester. Guy owns like 12 parking lots. I got another idea. Suck my dick. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're gonna have to abort this game we're playing. <laughs> I already <laughs> regret it. We haven't even hit the credits, and I already regret it. I understand that that's double awkward because it's Jeffrey Tambor, but I would have made that joke regardless <laughs> of who was sitting across the booth from Jimmy, and I would have laughed just as hard at it. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> You're a lawyer, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, when you owe a bunch of money to a drug dealer or to a bookie, and they say, I have another idea, the first thing is suck this dick. I mean, that's just it. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I assume. I Freddy, My proposal is this. You provide some legal services. <laughs> Dude, we are three minutes in. This has got to go bad. This is, this is a nightmare. <laughs> this is a nightmare. We're going to get canceled. Nobody pays us. <laughs> What sort of uh, legal service? Yeah, our sponsors have already backed out. My our own podcast hosting me. service has backed out. Will you be my lawyer, Jimmy? Yeah, he has to. The episode depends on it. You're in the episode now. Ooh. Okay. We got All that. Right. So, so thus far, uh, your your guess has been wrong in every way except for it's super sexy. Super sexy. Right. Murder Wife, it's got to be in it, right? Liar's Poker? Well, now the gambling aspect clearly could has to do with Jimmy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird. If you're going to have Jimmy, like, making Jimmy a gambling addict, sure, why not? That makes sense. Like, I'll buy that. But to have him be 27 grand in the hole at this point and not have seen anything leading up to it, why don't you sprinkle that in? Couple or episodes like, ahead of time. Yeah, or give us another character who's in a who's in a pickle. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's Ron Livingston. Let's learn a little bit about him. Have him be a degenerate gambler. See, huh? it's not. I can tell hmm. when it's decaf. It's regular. Whoa, you know, Kelly, I find relax. Trial days, I don't Excuse need me. Caffeine. Listen to you, the office coffee hog, telling me that. You, what? You might as well hook up an IV, Rebecca. I take my share, no more. Lindsay, that was Martin Jinx's mother. Okay, so can we so what if Lucy was like, hey, Li Lindsay, why are you such a bitch? Well, but he, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna peek back behind the curtain as a, as as a writer on a show like this. Okay, you have uh, you have all of your main cast all being paid for 22 episodes, and so you need to give everybody at least one line, and so but you don't have any story for them, you don't have any plot for them, you have nothing really to talk about. So we're going to just 
bicker about coffee for no reason for five lines so everyone gets to say something. It's but it's, it's just, an inane conversation. It's, Lindsay's it's pissed. So inane. She's pissed that it's too weak. And then she comes at Rebecca because she drinks too much. It's coffee. Jesus Christ, make another pot. But it's it's it literally is and this has been a you know a, a pet peeve of mine on this show from day one. They just like inter-office bickering filler for no reason. Like, oh, I'm a, I have to write a scene for TV. There's got to be conflict. Yeah, well, no. we have Ally McBeal for that shit. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need it on the practice. Which I heard there might be a revival. Oh, shit. Keith? Yeah. Some cu- current content for us. Um, But I do like in this little scene, though, is that at least Lucy has... I love that Lucy has gone from the sort of comedic relief to now she's den mom. She's the voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Excuse me? She- well, let's go back to that. Telling me that you- What? You might as well hook up an IV, Rebecca. Coffee, coffee, I coffee. my share. No more. Lindsay, that was Martin. Eleanor Jesus wants mother. no part of it. No. She's still in Hartford. Excuse me? She couldn't get the day off. Her son goes on trial for attempted murder. She can't get the day off? I thought Exposition? you were going to He wouldn't let me. Don't tell Exposition? me. Exposition? He's innocent. Exposition? He is. <laughs> we all got a line. Bobby's here. Morning. Oh. Still morning. Good morning. How's the coffee, everybody? By the way, anybody got 20 grand? What? Sorry, I'm late. 27. That uh, personal matter of mine went a little longer than I thought. Bobby, you got a minute? Sure. You got a minute and 27 grand? It's never good. What's up? Keith, isn't that funny that I I sent you a funny text yesterday asking for money? Oh, you did? Yeah, you, you sure did. It was a joke. It was a joke, everybody. Yeah, I, I don't have any money to do <laughs> That was the joke. <laughs> beginning of next month. That's but you didn't ask for 27. You asked for 15. Yeah, just a down payment. Bobby, I was asked to do some pro bono work. It's not including closing, though. I really need to do. What's wrong? Um, I'm in a little bit of a jam, and I need to do a guy a favor. Things you don't say to your boss. The guy's my bookie. I gotta blow Jeffrey Tambor. I don't gamble anymore. It's a very specific Trust request. <laughs> you do not have to worry about that because I have definitely learned my lesson. What do you owe? 27,000. Jesus Christ. And that's 20 years ago, money. That's like 50 now. To make the games more interesting, that's all. Last season I did okay. Better than okay. Started thinking I you're a lawyer. Well, but here's the other crazy thing about this. What's the case? This was, you know, making games more interesting. That's what fantasy sports are for, which were just barely uh, in its infancy back in 2000. I was playing. Uh, but this is a point where betting on sports was illegal. Now mm. you can't turn on the TV without like bet on sports, bet on sports. Here's good, 17 different point. apps where you can bet on sports. Like it was illegal at this point. And we forget because I'm sure people, you know, like who aren't as old as us are like, wait, why does he need a bookie? Why doesn't he just go and, you know, go on DraftKings? Well, don't, crazy. You know, it's funny is. Uh, Have you ever bet on a sport? Yes. Interesting. Uh, how? But more interestingly mm. is. I guess I wasn't going to really talk about it, but I'll I'll roughly say that I, for a short period of time, when I uh, moved to New York City, as 
actually, it's coming up on this day in the basement, so I'll, I'll give you a teaser. I worked in this industry, Keith. Did you really? Yes, I I ended up getting employed to, to, to take an envelope from one bar to another bar and hand it to a guy. <laughs> and that was my job. Uh, so, yeah. Now, I, I really, I find hearing about your life of crime to be very fascinating, but you forgot something. What's that? To make it sexy. Tell uh, the story okay. again, but now so, make okay. it sexy. So I got employed uh, to take an envelope. Can't tell you what was inside of it. And then I would slowly slip that envelope in my pocket. <laughs> take it cross town to the Linux lounge. <laughs> Walk on into that Lennox lounge, lounge, wink at a guy, and then he'd reach into my pocket, and he'd pull that envelope out, and then give me $600 in cash. Ooh. And then I'd blow that dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is an explicit episode. Please <laughs> do not have your children in the car. <laughs> Earmuffs. For everyone. <laughs> That's got to be 12 blowjobs already. We're, we're At least. His wife is suing him for fraud. He won the lottery. She's claiming he didn't tell her. Lottery. We might just have to ed- just not well, drop this episode. <laughs> he says he bought the ticket with What happened to funds. season six, episode three? The lottery commission's holding all the money until the ownership issues are resolved. Anything I can get him over 70 comes off my tab. It's that one is so work. illegal. Two at the most. Jimmy, that's bad. Look, Bobby's been involved in some shady business, but this she is pretty shady. She did everything right. She stayed calm. She avoided eye footage contact. Of a, and she gave up the money like a without bodega, a fight. Robbery and you shooting. shot her anyway. It's a miracle she didn't die. This is Mick Scriba. Back when did you Detective arrive Simmons? on the scene, Detective? Within minutes. There was another woman at the store, an eyewitness, Martha McKee. She's the one that called 911. What happened after you arrived? Well, we got a description of the shooter from Mrs. McKee. Uh, we pulled the surveillance tape and started canvassing the area. We found the defendant less than two blocks away. What was he doing? Sitting on a stoop, drinking beer with some of his friends. He was dressed just like on the tape. Same sweatshirt, everything. What did you do next, detective? We placed him under arrest and searched him. We found $580 in his pocket. This witness, Mrs. McKee, did she attempt... In an envelope, and we pulled that envelope slowly to out. To make a formal pocket. identification of the suspect. Let me tell you, yes, we showed $580. That's a puffy envelope. <laughs> this one? Very above average yes. thickness. She positively identified photo short, number though. two as the man Real who short. shot the clerk. And whose photograph is in the number two slot? Photo number two. It's just going to hurt. The defendant, Martin James. That guy looks familiar. The clerk who was shot. The, the defendant? All right, let's do it. My client. Defendant that Lindsay is representing. Short guy who was number two in the lineup. I can tell you why you know him because he's in a whole mess. He is both in the Marvel and DC universes because he was in the Dark Knight, mm. Bridge of Spies, and Iron Man and Iron Man 3. And finally, maybe this is how you know him. He was in That's So Raven. Oh, yeah, that's it. You know, I did a cruise gig with the dad from That's So Raven. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I forget his name. But he is funny. And he is he has got a potty mouth. 
And uh, we made fun of Disney the whole time, even though he's a Disney guy. It was pretty funny. Well, of course. I mean, if you're on like a oh, kid's show, like you, you've got to be filthy just behind it, just to like cleanse yourself. But it was weird, Keith, because this gentleman and I uh, became, you get bored on these ships, so we became kind of buddies to the point where he would like knock on my door every night and be like, hey, let's go get dinner. And we would go get dinner and hang out. It was bizarre. Very it's unlikely. Not that bizarre. Du- you work with somebody. You hang out. Yeah, yeah. That's not the bizarre part. It's just we're a very unlikely duo. The dad from That's So Raven and me hanging out is <laughs> <laughs> weird. And the horny guy from Oops. <laughs> not at all. She knew it was a white male. That's all. When you found my client detective, did you find a gun on him? No, we never found a Mike weapon. Mike and Deglio, the horny <laughs> guy from Oops. He was wearing gloves. Did you find the gloves? <laughs> no. Love don't fit. It went good, didn't it? Well, uh, it looked like you on the tape. It looked like me. Half my block. Did I say his name was like Joshua Harto? It's not just yeah, the sweatshirt. His name is Joshua Harto. They've got that witness. Who's wrong? Wrong, but unequivocal. And she's a pretty credible person. Selectman, school committee member, and Braintree long. She makes wrong. a great cup of coffee. Okay, you need to calm down. Here's the problem. Now, he also has bloodshot eyes. But for getting high, stealing some CDs? Oh, yeah. Take off stores with guns. I don't shoot people. I believe you. Second main guest actor. But I'm telling you, I met two seasons with with crazy bloodshot eyes for no reason. Well, here's my, you know, I'm I'm watching this scene, Keith, and I'm thinking it's possible that in a previous take, he worked up tears. He like really worked himself up, and then they were like, no, it's too much. Pull it back. And now he's got bloodshot eyes. Entirely possible. That that sounds probable. Even I talked to her myself. I'm worried that the jury will take her word. Well, that can't be enough to put me in jail. It is enough. She's an eyewitness. And throw in the hooded sweatshirt, the cash in your pocket. I, I told you I earned that money busting tables downtown. In it- an off the books job for two hundred a week, you were carrying six hundred dollars. Yeah, he's working himself up. So my guess is they they shot the scene like six These times. Are the questions you will be asked. Are you asked. saying that maybe he was in Massachusetts? In Massachusetts, 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 the Massachusetts, 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 Massachusetts. All the money I got, I carry. It just it makes me feel big, you know. Dave so, Kelly has an obsession with small guys and that. Napoleon Complex. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a feel in the room. And I just don't like the one I'm getting here. That police officer seemed pretty persuasive. I didn't like the way the jury was looking at you. But I didn't do anything. I know that. But if we lose, attempted murder is 15 to life. And your mother not showing up? That didn't help. Fuck you, mom. Yeah, what? Seriously, your son is on trial for attempted murder? Uh, That's totally in the Rita wheelhouse, though. My mom be like, well, did it to himself. Please, let me try to plead. If I can get a reduced sentence, please. See, he's giving us tears. You're right. You know, the first few seasons, we were all about, let's take it to trial. But I've noticed a little bit of lackadaisicalness the past season or two. People, everybody, everybody wants to plead the fuck out. 
Settle, 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 just like you're doing listening to this podcast. The problem is... You don't have any other choice. You bought the lottery ah, ticket on July 18th. You have to settle for us. You won the money on the 22nd. The divorce became final on the 28th. Why, why is this a problem? Legally, she's entitled to half. Yeah, but I, I'm not hiring you for a legal opinion, Jimmy. You got to figure out how to keep her. He's so good. getting any. He's amazing. We would have to show. He might be an asshole, but he's amazing. was bought with segregated funds. Well, we've been over this. He is I an asshole. I told you I did. Yes, but your word. I segregated the money aside in anticipation of the divorce. I bought the ticket with that money. I'm not sure the judge will believe that. <laughs> and if he thinks you're trying to commit a fraud, he could give it all to her. That's what I'm most worried about. Listen to me. I already give her 6,000 bucks a month, more than I have to. Which we will point out. Just to keep her yap shut about what I do. Which we will not point out. Do you know what she does all day? Gets her nails done and bangs her boyfriend. 6,000 bucks a month. This is how she shows her gratitude. I'd like to try to settle this. Why? Because I don't want it coming down to your demeanor or your word of honor. Reasonable. I got a meeting set up with her attorney. Smart. If I could get 60 for you, 40 for her. That does you no good. I understand that. But we got to look at what we're faced with here. The judge could give her 60, 40. And if he should have given it all to her. I'll kill her first. Okay, you didn't say that, Jeffrey Tambor. Nope, that's probably not good. Maybe that should be our strategy here. We tell her, walk away for health reasons. Yeah. Are you threatening her? I'm using you to intimidate her. Are you threatening her life? Kind of seems like it. Of course not. Just get my money. Now, Keith, faced with this, mm -hmm. granted, a lot of shit has happened. But the firm is sitting on a lot of money. We've won a lot of cases recently. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me that pulling Bobby aside and be like, hey, Bobby, remember the beginning when I broke the law to get you that loan to even start this whole endeavor? Maybe it's time the firm throws me a little cash on the side to help me out of my jam rather than dealing with this psychopath who wants to kill his wife. Uh, yeah, and getting mis mixed up with all of this illegal stuff. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, this is... Jimmy shouldn't be touching any of this with a 10-foot pole. What about a really short pole, but it's thick? <laughs> Ouch. You just take your time. It's right, puffy. Keep your answer short mm -hmm. and try to look at the jury. Is this attorney aggressive? She didn't seem so. She'll be tougher in court than when she interviewed. I've decided no sexy comments about this wonderful lady. That seems rude. Let's introduce her. Lady that apparently Mike finds so unsexy she won't make her sexy. I was trying to be respectful, but I mean, if you want me to make some sexual comments about this lady. <laughs> you turned that one around on me. <laughs> this is Peggy Miley from Stranger Things, Sabrina, the teenage witch, freaks and geeks, and Star Trek Insurrection. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. 
So, Keith, what you're saying is that you want this actress to peg you? Okay. All right. I'll see you at 845 tomorrow. Sharp. Okay. Man. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were busy. No, it's all right. We're just Oh, keep it busy. You, know, you deserve to we sit know. on that. Hello again. So do you, apparently. We'll see you tomorrow, 845. Okay. <laughs> She's wrong about the ID. Came here to tell me that? She was scared to death, probably focused on the gun. And we both know how unreliable eyewitnesses can be. Not pleading out. He's got no priors for violence, and sitting less than two blocks away in the same sweatshirt? How stupid could he be? What about the cash? 600? That's he likes to carry cash. There's nothing illegal. No deal. That was succinct. Look, I've been doing this a long time, and I'm not in the habit of believing all my clients. I think he's innocent. 12 years. That's the best I can do. Woof. Come in with five, I'll sell it. <laughs> well, I'm sure you would, but I'm offering 12. He's 19. 12 years in prison. But, like, why does she never recover? That? Can't do it. I'm asking She's a She's got a feeling, Keith. She's got a feeling. I'm sorry. Ooh, great little Foley work there. What's the settlement conference? 20 minutes. So when did all this start? The gambling. Robert E. Cricket? I told you, nickel and dime bets to make the games interesting. Then, you know, I upped it to make my life interesting. Oh. You get addicted to the risk, I guess. Which means you have to bet more than you can afford to lose. I ain't doing it anymore. Jimmy, if it's an addiction... My cousin's in one of those gambling anonymous clubs. Odds are I'll go. Odds are? That was a joke. <laughs> I'll go to the gambling club. I'm not laughing. Hey, let's not forget how I got here. I falsified loan documents and got myself fired from a bank. That's, That's my fair. legacy. That's not your legacy. If you're trying to tell me you're not smarter than this. And if you're trying to tell me that shot is in focus, I'm not buying I'm it. I'm not gambling anymore. You have my word. Listen. Bobby's actually being I a pretty good friend here. I appreciate you not yeah. telling the others about. Season six is the season of reasonable Bobby for the first time. Mm -hmm. Stuart Miller and client. Send them in. You okay to do this? Fine. The woman about to enter the office, Keith, is too mm -hmm. old to wear a choker. <laughs> oh, we didn't get to see it? Hello. We'll Speaking. get there. Uh-oh. Rod Livingston is on the phone. When? Ron Livingston. Oh, God. Somebody's dead? Yeah, okay. How? Heart attack. She's just in my office. It happened on the drive home. She's the only. Oh no! This was your it was the lady you thought was so she unsexy. It's, well, Keith, you're the one who had, who who pegged her to death. She it's pegged still not you. Funny. She pegged you. I can't. I tried that. The peg, <laughs> I, I took the peg pun as far as I could take it. it you're just, trying to put a round thing in a square peg. 
Uh, uh, she's due up next. We both quit. <laughs> Any recording? Somebody just threw their phone. Any... We've gone so unsexy that this the the sexy episode is just has now ended. I think we I think we might have just killed off the human race because we just killed <laughs> all of sex for spa- all space and time. <laughs> I still got the video. Bill Smitrovich. We got back. the clothes. The maybe if I can Actually, sell no, the gun. Maybe. Do you think? No by any chance that. Because I've noticed we've been seeing a lot more Ron and a lot less Helen. You think maybe she had some other work to do? Uh, I mean, it's always a good chance. She was working a lot at this point. I thought for Is sure by now like, they'd have... Like Mars had, attacks or something? We'd have sort of see. like a, a a romance building between them, but she's been kind of off the show a little bit. Well, it's only... See, it's only episode three. All right, it feels like it's been years. <laughs> Without that eyewitness, the judge will knock you out on the Rule 25 before it even gets to the jury. All that six-year Any chance you'll put the defendant up? Oh, she's too smart. I think she's probably dead. filming Men in Black too. Mm. So good in that too. Does Dole know the witness is dead? No, I don't think so. Certainly not from me. Take the there's plea. still time. Plead it out. Oh, shady business all around. Excuse me? Super shady. You heard me. Kenny, I, I think I have to tell her. No, you don't. It isn't exculpatory evidence. You don't have to tell her anything about this. Plead it out. Quick. It's Alan Lowe's first moral quandary. What's he going to do? I think we can all agree, if we can work this out amicably, it would save time. Oh, is that the goal here? That we all get amicable? Vicky. That the purpose uh, of the fraud is to bring us tight? This is her. Charming. Oh. Okay. This all isn't right. a good start. Look, the legal... Lady that Mike thinks is too old for a choker! Lady who is trying to get those Golden Globes in the divorce? This lady is... It's Linda Hart from the winner, Tin Cup, Dukes of Hazard, and Get Shorty. Reality. I thought there was something else coming. Uh, I'm, I apologize. The lottery ticket was purchased before the divorce. This lawyer the prize is Richard Cox. Won before the divorce. The money is marital property. Well, not if he bought the ticket with segregated funds. Do you have any records from any bank accounts? That I kept it cash. Ugh, you can't even lie well. All right. Anger isn't going to help things. Anger is all he left me with, Mr. Berluti. He divorced me because he won the lottery. That is not true. Sid. No, the marriage was dead. We, we were no longer intimate. We didn't uh, communicate. Communicate? You couldn't communicate that you won the lottery. Or that you were a bitch. Hey. Okay. Play the tape. Vicky, I really prefer Play the tape. Uh-oh. There's a tape. What tape? This would be July 14th, shortly before the lottery. May I? What is this? I believe it speaks for itself. May I? Go ahead. You don't think I kept records of certain things, Sid? What's going on? Uh-oh. Oh, the episode's sexy again! This would be... Your client here with the uh, female undergarments. And that would be my client there 
with the um, apparatus. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Did we both get a precursor to transparent and also my pegging joke? <laughs> Is Am I hearing this correctly? Am I putting all of the pieces together? You're putting all the pieces somewhere. <laughs> client from this How many syllables is apparatus? Right there. <laughs> Turn it off. Oh, that is not good for Jimmy's sensibilities. First of all, that isn't relevant. As distasteful as it is, Mr. Berluti, I'm afraid it is relevant. Your client is it's claiming that the kind of neither of those before the lottery. He's saying that there was no intimacy. Well, although admittedly unconventional, that was conjugal activity on that tape. And should this go to court, we will introduce it. I'll suppress it. I doubt it. Okay, here's the deal. I get 70, and you get 30. Just bend over and take it, Sid. You never minded before. Wow. Mike? What jokes does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, I, that is pretty remarkable, actually. No, yeah, I, have I mean, to, it's a far, it's a long way around the block into pegging, but we got now, there. And I, as I, as I desperately seek for a way to change the subject, I would like to point out <laughs> that here's what strains credulity about this storyline for me. He only won a hundred thousand dollars in the lottery. This is a guy who was paying her $6,000 a month to keep her mouth shut. So already, he's already, like $100,000 can't be that much money to him if he's able to just hand her $6,000 a month. Well, forget that. You win $100,000 in the lottery, it means you go home with maybe 52000 Right, right, exactly. So they're, they're, they're doing all of this, including like threatening to murder her, over a small amount of money in proportion to what this guy sees come across his table all the time. Also, the bookie's a middleman, so he's not taking home huge sums of money. It's, it's You're barely squeaking out a living there. Too. I mean, you're living nicely, but I don't think it's like a huge income biz. No, but it's it's still enough that you're right after taxes. $52,000 is just not a huge amount of money. It seems odd. It should have been half a million. Alan. These are the results of our polygraph. He passed convincingly. Come on, Lindsay. For all I know, you tested him 10 times and he passed once. I didn't. I mean, so here's only He's three episodes Alan. in. He stands to be convicted what for What kind of sense of morality is, didn't do it. is Alan going to have? Look at his record, for God's sake. He's never committed any kind of violent crime. Because we don't quite know yet, right? This is the first moral quandary we've had That's for right. him. That's right. I need a favor here. It's clear it's weighing on him. Five years, five more probation. Any waves parole? Okay. Question answered. It's the best I can do. I'm not doing five years. Martin. No! Though, once again, Keith, we talked about this last week. You, I feel like this is the star witness of a case that we are, that we are defending in. Mm -hmm. They gotta have somebody with boots on the ground that can tell us that this lady died. Like we don't have a PI work in the case, nothing? Or are you just, you're, you're relying on that the DA would tell you that? I, I mean, I've, obviously, that obviously she is. But, you know, again, it's a little harder to keep track of this stuff then as it is now. Yeah. 
because of the internet. I mean, I'm sure today you'd set up a Google alert mm-hmm. on on all of the relevant people there. But also, even when somebody dies, I mean, like, well, in our experience, like my grandmother's obituary just hit the paper like two days ago. So if you weren't an immediate family member, you wouldn't know that she had died for a week and a half. Right. So I, I, I don't think it's strange. Sending me to jail for something I didn't do? The guy who shot that woman is still out there. Don't they care about that? I don't care about him. I care about you. I don't want you doing 15 it's years. It's not the truth. Forget I'm... about the truth. It doesn't work that way. Oh, you know what? Your, your uh, theory on his bloodshot eye is 100% true. Because he's having to do like super intense scream and cry for both of these scenes. And obviously they shot both of them at the same Correct. time. Yeah. So, because they're, they're not going to do a whole setup, take it down and then shoot it again. So he had to, he basically had to be in this like scream, cry, snot fall place for probably like Six eight hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's only on set for one day, I'm sure. I mean, maybe not eight hours, because it's only two scenes and there's only two characters, so you have to get... Oh, you know, well, you, I, I was assuming you'd like see him in the courtroom people at some coverage. time, but maybe not. But, yeah. yeah, I mean... But he I had to, like, stay in this trial. place for a long time. No wonder his eyes are bloodshot. If I thought I could... Five years, you still have a life left. Fifteen, you don't. Your Honor, we've reached an agreement. It's a tough position if you're innocent. Yes, Your Honor, my client is prepared to enter a change of plea. Mr. Jenks, is it your desire to plead guilty at this time? Yes. Yes. I need you to speak up, son. Yes. All right. Now I need to ask you some questions for the record. Okay. Is your decision to plead guilty being made voluntarily? Yes. Did you talk about it with your attorney? Yes. You understand that by pleading, you're waiving your right to cross-examine witnesses, present evidence, and have a jury decide your guilt? Yes. Ms. Dole, have you advised your client regarding this plea? I have, Your Honor. And you concur with it? I do. All right. Before I can formally take the guilty plea, I need the defendant to establish a factual basis for it. what she said. Um, my lawyer already told you I want to plead guilty. Martin, you have to. Son, I need you to tell me what you did in your own words. Otherwise, I can't accept your plea. I, um, I did what the prosecutor said I did. You robbed and then shot the woman in the convenience store. Yes. So, as to the charge of attempted murder, you wish to plead guilty. This kid is great. Yeah. His eyes yes. do look like they're going to explode. Very well. Please accept it, Mr. Lowe. Commonwealth Ooh, what moves a tough for position to be in, too. Defendant is remanded into custody pending sentencing. Yo, that we fucking return. sucks, yo. Are you okay? No, he's not okay, Lindsay. He's going to prison for five years because he didn't do any due diligence. 
I won't forget it. Wow. Lindsay looks like a total moron here. And they're and playing he looks like a... And we have a moral quandary. He went from zero to douche in three episodes. And he knows it, too. This is not a good result. I mean, he was me. forced to by his boss, I'm to be due fair. 50. Yeah. I hire you to try to bump it up to 70. Now you're advising me to take 30? It's not a good result. If you want to go to trial, I will do that. What's the chance of that tape coming into play? I'd bring a motion in Hi. limine to try to prevent that. Which also, I, I, I think we should point system. out, you know, the, the tape of, you know, what, what he and his wife were doing in 2000 was, would be like this most crazy scandalous thing. And like, who cares? Like, right. who cares what was going on? And like, there's nothing wrong or weird or gross about that. You know, what, you know, your thing is your thing. Who gives a shit? But back in 2000, that'd be like, oh, the craziest thing anyone's ever heard of. Yeah, still though, like, what's its relevance to the divorce proceedings? Because well, she's she, just as, she's in it too. You know what I mean? No, no, she's she's in it too. But she, I mean, she's, I mean, she's obviously, you know, going under the assumption that it that he would be desperate for that not to be known. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, you know, people are still oddly squirrely about that stuff today. But like, who gives a shit? I know Keith wouldn't even agree to peg that lady. If you're worried about people seeing that video Boom. and having seen it, just I would keep say trying. Just keep trying to force it in. <laughs> I Jen, Jen. And just let her win. Jen. I don't know what else to tell you. I guess she's not here. She's got better things to do. Look at Lindsay reading the paper. She sees it don't now. Don't you look comfortable? Hey, between a oh, trial and a baby at to. home, if I find a quiet moment. I seize it. You got to find a way to that? justify reading this newspaper. Yeah, not. I only came into work today because I'm exhausted. Tell me about it. Hey, Lindsay, did you see this? Oh, Today's shit. Obit page. What? Oh, shit. Witness in my trial died a heart attack. One of yours or theirs? Theirs. Mm-hmm. You knew she was dead. You're gonna yell. I'm not yelling. I am using a firm voice. You knew she was dead. This case was over. Without that witness, you had to dismiss. Not true. It's fraud. You intentionally withheld. Hey, your client committed attempted murder. Five years for that is a gift for your information. I'm filing a motion to vacate the plea, and then I'm going straight to your supervisor. Let me save you the trouble. Mr. Lowe is acting under my direction and with my complete approval. Well, so this was a conspiracy to mislead me? We were acting within the ethical Cat boundaries. That's crap. You lied to me. You withheld material evidence. It is not evidence, Miss Dole. And you can't sit on that kind of information. I'm babysitting my sister's you fish. And for. You pushed for it. <laughs> Makes sense. Not us. Are you serious? We did nothing wrong. Clearly setting up this DA to be a new antagonist, which is interesting. Oh no! Oh I'm God, you broke it! Home if I find oh, thank God I bounced back without spoiling for myself. Did murder? Five years for that is a gift for your information. I'm filing a motion to vacate the plea, and then I'm going straight to your super. 
So this was a conspiracy Sorry, to folks. mislead me? We were acting within the ethical boundaries. That's stated. crap. You lied to me. You withheld material evidence. It is not evidence, Miss Dole. And you can't sit on that kind of information. Not when you got the deal you were asking for. You pushed for it, not us. <laughs> Are you serious? We did nothing wrong. It's interesting. Maybe they're trying to not have Helen be the person pulling this stuff anymore. Yeah. First, you need and to And they calm want us to like down. Alan Lowe, so down. they're you calm down. putting him in the yeah, middle. I'm take a second and calm myself down. You think this is funny? I think it's disgusting. I think all three of us should go into court, but we can't go in with emotion, Lindsay. He would have walked. An innocent kid is doing five years. Let's do some research on whether it qualifies as exculpatory or denial of due process. Eugene, maybe you and Rebecca can get on that. You need to draft a declaration setting forth exactly what Lowe told you. I'll mark up the motion with the clerk's office. We can't let them get away with this, Bobby. We can't. Can I help you, Lucy? Jimmy's case is over. Oh, shit. Oh, no. They killed the wife? Should have seen that coming. I don't know why I, I didn't. I mean, obviously. <laughs> also, clearly not Los Angeles. That sun looks like Boston's sun for sure. Didn't even throw, like, a blue filter on it like they usually do. Doing? Family lawyer. Can I see? It's not going to make your day. I'd like to see. Ray Abruzzo must have had so many good residuals from this for like two lines in every episode. Shots were heard less than an hour ago. Witnesses? Nobody yet. Your client's over here. That's not my client, actually. I represent her husband. We heard they're going through a divorce. Then you probably yeah. shouldn't be in here, Jimmy. Would you happen to know where your client is right now, Jimmy? No. Jimmy, you got yourself in inevitable trouble. Well, can I take my plea back now? I don't know. That's what we'll be going into court to ask for. They can just lie like this? I'm not sure. I've never really heard of this happening before. So, when, when you were convincing me to plea, the witness was already dead? Yes. We're gonna fight this, Martin. I stood up in court and I told the judge everybody that I did it and I didn't. I've got my whole firm on it now. We're in before Judge Wilcox tomorrow. Do you think we'll win? We have a real chance. This isn't over. Let's stare at each other for a long time when we go to commercial. The soap stare. Any listening devices in there? None. Jimmy's going in to talk to uh, Jeffrey Tambor. 
You believe this? They think I whacked her. Did you? I am shocked that you would ask me that, Jimmy. Check my alibi, you want peace of mind. Did you have it done? All right, just get me out. Jimmy's pissed. What have you told him? Though I guess now's a good time to ask the, the, the big question, Keith. Yes? If he goes to prison, does Jimmy still owe the money? Well, like you said, he's probably a middleman. So there's somebody at the top who's probably going to want that money. Yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, that guy at the top doesn't know who owes him the money. Well, it depends. Sometimes it's it's more on, on, the, on the bookie. I'm going to have to defer to you as somebody in the industry, <laughs> as an industry I professional. I just took an envelope from one bar to the other bar. <laughs> Nothing. What's the statute of limitations on that? Just ask for my lawyer, period. I didn't even so much as express grief over my wife's demise, which was difficult. I don't think she can move it. Get me out. How does he expect to be gotten out? I understand they don't like it. But the fact remains, this plea is valid. It was a violation of due process. It was made in bad faith and secured Why by fraud. Why isn't Lindsay doing we her own no such thing. You deliberately withheld material evidence. We have a duty to disclose exculpatory evidence, evidence that shows he didn't commit the crime. The fact that our witness died has nothing to do with whether he's guilty. It went to whether you even had a case. Mr. Donald, your client accepted the plea in my courtroom. I heard it. He stood right there and admitted he robbed and shot that woman. Which was extortion. Extortion? Ms. Dole. Martin Jenks has always maintained his innocence. He took this plea because I forced him to, because I believe the eyewitness was ready to testify. Lawyers play poker all the time. Oh, don't insult me or this court by calling what you did poker. Lindsay. Your Honor, oh every God, defendant in the of the show. takes a chance. He's gambling that he'll be better off pleading guilty than going to trial and getting convicted. Sometimes he's right and sometimes he's wrong. But the law doesn't permit him to withdraw his plea because he later learns that he overestimated the strength of our case. This wasn't an estimation. Who's arguing here? Whatever chance they had at winning at trial died along with Mrs. McKee. As an officer of the court, Mr. Lowe was obligated to reveal that to me, as well as to you, Your Honor. There is no such obligation in either case law or statute. What about fundamental fairness? Your Honor, over 90% of all criminal cases are resolved by plea bargains. To work, the whole system has to be based on trust. Mr. Lowe and Mr. Walsh violated that trust. The system is doing fine, Ms. Dole. And the right man is behind bars, where he belongs. Perhaps what's really going on here is Ms. Dole's concerned about her own actions. I didn't know I was negotiating with liars. I object to that. You're a liar. Ms. Dole. They care more about railroading people than doing justice. Martin Jenks is in jail right now for something he didn't do. That fact doesn't seem to bother the DA's office. It should bother this court. It bothers the court that you forced your client to enter a guilty plea. I persuaded him, thinking You said force. Let me talk. Oops. I didn't have good coffee this morning. <laughs> Rebecca drank my coffee. We make our decisions. Oh, we're getting a speech, baby. And, and yes, we force our clients' hands based on the case they have and whether they can make their burden. This case was a lie, a knowing lie. 
which my client relied on to his detriment. We've explored this a little bit before with the uh, the confession. Lying from the DA to a defense attorney mm-hmm. is different than lying to Look, a, I think you did uh, fine. a suspect. Hopefully your passion will count. That was a, a, Kelly Williams gave an excellent performance in that scene. Yes, she did. You don't see her fuck up so much, so she's really feeling the repercussions of that. Yeah. As far as the police are concerned, there's still no evidence. Which there wouldn't be, because I'm innocent. Right. What about the status of the lottery winnings? Your wife's estate can still make a claim. Do you want me to follow up on that? No. I think I might engage new counsel just the same. Yes, please. So. I guess we're done, then. Done? You still owe me the 27, Jimmy. Didn't exactly work that off. I think we're done, Sid. If I was in a position to be uh, charitable, that would be one thing, but I got debts to pay off. What do you say you walk out the door, forget my debt, and I'll forget how you threatened to kill your wife? Oh, shit. Privilege. Now look, Jimmy's Ooh. bodily threats don't apply to Why didn't you blow your whistle? Who's going to call the bluff now? Can you stay it really hasn't by the balls. Good for you, does it? You want to know how big a gambling Jones is, Jimmy? You didn't want to hear it as a real threat because you wanted to pay off those bets. <laughs> Truth is... I got more on you than you got on me. I'm asking you to get out of this office now. You're making me upset. From what you've seen, do I respond to stress good? You're threatening me now? Of course not. The scary is not a color I've seen much from Tambor. He does I it well. I say this. You don't even know what you're into. Shit. I need that money. I'll give you a week. Yikes. That's, there's, the stakes are high. Close the door, please. Oh, shit. Okay. We're doing this in here because some of what I want to say is off the record. Actually, it's our office policy that a court reporter be present for... Mr. Lowe, I don't really care at this moment about your office policy. Well said. We're fine without a court reporter, Your Honor. Mr. Walsh, I've known you a long time, and I've known you to be a straight shooter. But I am very troubled by the due process implications of what happened here. Your Honor, this defendant committed a violent- Save it! There are no reporters present, and I don't need to hear your stump speech. Then we'll submit on our prior argument, and again ask this court to deny defendant's motion to withdraw his plea. Fine. 
I brought you in here, Mr. Walsh and Mr. Lowe, rather than embarrass you in public. Because I wanted to tell you that there is something more important than the mere holding of a case. I am talking about fair and unfair, right and wrong. And what happened in this case is wrong. And it sickens me that you two can't see that. Wow. We've seen wow. this judge everything be pretty good before. Everything I said in court, and I mean everything, was a correct statement of the law. And since we're off the record, let me just say frankly that I don't need lectures from your honor about right and wrong. Mr. Jenks pled guilty because he is guilty, and neither the law nor anybody's misplaced sense of injustice allows him to withdraw that plea. That's the law. Also a great performance. He's a good antagonist. The law also allows me to throw your ass in a cell for contempt. I don't mean to show your honor disrespect, but I will remind your honor that district attorneys are officers of the court who must conduct themselves in accordance with established law. Mr. Lowe and I did that, and we don't need to be brought into chambers to be told how we sicken you. Say it out there, where you'll be held accountable. I am saying it here. Yeah, Judge. And if I had a choice, I would set aside this plea. But... Shit. Your Honor, please. I cannot throw out a knowing and voluntary plea of guilty on these facts. You negotiated what you thought was a good deal. You could have advised your client to continue with the trial, challenge the evidence. You didn't. The law doesn't allow you to benefit from regret. It is my regret as well. I am very sorry. Defendant's motion is denied. Yikes. Basically, the DA fucked everybody. Lindsay. I respect that it's an adversary process, but I didn't come to you as an adversary. I dropped my sword and asked for a favor, and you played it like a favor. That isn't gamesmanship, Alan. It was dishonest. You know it. I know it. I gather you can live with it. There's an innocent kid in prison who may not. Great. Great. I don't know what good that does, but it was a good stinger. Yeah, well, and, and you can see uh, from Ron Libby's performance, like, he's feeling it. Mm -hmm. It's a good performance. All right. I'm gone. Can you lock up? Sure. Can I ask you something, Jimmy? Did he do it? Oh, come on. Privilege extends to me. Throw me a bone. Says he didn't. Right. Earth to Jimmy. 
Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'll About that second job as a rape counselor, are you making any money for that, Lindsay? <laughs> or, uh, Lucy? Because I, I just I got, I got some things I got to set straight. He's sweating. Oh. <laughs> And he's going oh. straight back to betting. But Jimmy, if you could bet online. Oh. <laughs> Did you see the Wait. typo? Yes, it's a Vista card. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone get out your Vista cards. Bobssportsbet.com. I wonder if Bobssportsbet.com is a real it's thing. It's a high security prison. Tonight? Yeah. Everybody. There is no BobSportsBet.com. First, I'm going to petition the Department of Corrections to move you as soon as possible. Huh. I'm also going to ask them to designate you a vulnerable inmate. Okay. It may take a while. In the meantime, I've requested that they keep you in solitary. I can't guarantee they'll do it. I'll get another lawyer to handle your appeal. A specialist, the best I can find. I'll ask him to argue that I was ineffective, that you had inadequate legal representation. It's a long shot, but worth a try. We can't give up. Just stay alive in there. Do whatever it takes to fix this. Oh shit. The process takes time. Oh my god. That poor kid. Yikes. Oh man. Well, that is an ominous ending to that episode. Wow. Hey, can't all be sunshine and rainbows every time, Keith. As you no, know. it can't. All right, folks. Well, it is time to switch back over to YouTube so you can see Mike make all of his segments sexy. <laughs> and we are back, baby. Yes, indeed we are. We have just watched The Practice Season 6, Episode 3, Liars Poker. And uh, just for all of our uh, edification, let us remind ourselves what happened in that episode, but, you know, sexy. In a segment we call... Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Oh, man, the coffee sucks and Rebecca drinks too much of it. By the way, did you know Jimmy's a degenerate gambler and he owes a lot of money to Jeffrey Tambar, who's got him by the balls? And Lindsay is goes to new DA and she's like, oh, man... My guy is innocent. He's like, oh, actually, I think he did it. We should take a plea deal, even though, guess what? Rodden Livingston knew that that bitch was dead. The witness was dead. Guy takes a deal. And even though the judge is disgusted, the guy goes to prison anyway. Guess what? J Tambor kills his wife, and Jimmy's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I don't have any questions for you as, opposed, as, as to why that was sexy, but I do have a question or two for Jen. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that how you wooed, Jen? <laughs> you know, wow. speaking of sexy, I got to tell you, this is this is a little inside baseball. Mm -hmm. um, so Jen is a big fan of 
for some reason when I go, we are bad baby. Uh-huh, um, sure, sure. Just that, like, that um, that voice. And I was like, nope, I, neither her nor probably anybody I, listening. I, I just stifled so many things I was going to say. Do you know what that is from? That is a total rip. Obviously, I had, nothing is original coming from me. Yeah, baby. It's, uh, so... I was a big fan growing up of the Leisure Suit Larry game. Speaking of unsexy. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And in Leisure Suit Larry 7, Love for Sale, there mm-hmm. was a mini game in which uh, at the time, uh, Where's Waldo was taking over popular cultural mm-hmm. culture, you'll recall, which is a little man in a red and white striped sweater where you try to pick him out of a crowd in these books. So Leisure Suit Larry 7's uh, Love for Sale's uh, quick... Uh, riff on that was there was a mini game that you could or could not participate in it didn't matter it was just like a total side thing there were these little dildos uh that were red and white striped that were secretly mm-hmm. hidden like a seek and find all over the game there were i think like 45 of them and if you found one and you clicked on it it popped up on the screen and went yeah baby just like that <laughs> So somehow that implanted itself in a neuron, and when I've begun this, we're back, babies. Uh, it has taken that character. That, so now that you know, now it is sexy. That is the deepest cut. <laughs> I mean, how many of our audience actually even know what game you're referencing? I've never played it, but I am like tangentially oh, yeah. aware of it. But what's even funny about Leisure Suit Larry, guys, and being too young is I played it when I was. You were supposed to be 18 or older, but of course, I of wasn't. course, I was a child. And uh, but the way they did a check for that was like it was a random political uh, Q and A. You had to answer three politics questions that would like maybe prove really? you were ill for eighteen. Yeah. Oh my god. So you god. would have to like because there was no internet at the time, you would have to go and like figure it out or just trial and error until you could get into the game. Was it multiple choice? The the fir- the original ones were yes. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. Well, we've learned so many things. Now it is time to uh, take it down. Let's let us all meditate together. Let us all focus and bring forth the energy of the show in our favorite new segment entitled. the episode in haiku form. Keith, I did my best to put as many little Easter eggs and sous of uh, funny stuff in here. See if you can get some sexy references. Let's see what I, let's see what I was able to put together. Yeah, let's find out. <clears throat> DA plays dirty. Berluti gambled with life? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Lindsay blew her hand. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty good. You're able to be uh, uncomfortable and kind of recap the episode pretty well in uh, not a lot of syllables. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. The high coopsie. I it it's my favorite new segment. Okay. No, for sure. For sure. I very much do you need enjoy to, do you need to should I go back? Do you need to hear it one more time just to get all the Oh to get all the subtext so it wasn't yeah, clear? DA plays dirty. 
Berluti gambles with life. Lindsay blew her hand. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Wow, folks. If you're still here, why? But you get to enjoy our favorite awards show. It's time for... Okay. It's time for... Ladies and gentlemen, the <laughs> Out of Practice podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention... This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're a fake award show we do at the end of every episode. That starts with... Yo, this episode was chock full of people not being good lawyers. <laughs> That's really true. Uh, I mean, Bobby attempts to be a good friend. Lindsay attempts to do the right thing at every at every corner, and mm-hmm. and pretty much comes up short. I guess for us, Keith. Whereas uh, Alan, the new DA, played by Ron Livingston. Mm-hmm faces his biggest moral quandary of the season, you and I face our biggest moral quandary of the mm. season mm. because we basically are up against saying that Lindsay, because she attempted and though failed to, to do what was best for her client versus D.A. Allen, who wins the case, gets gets the, gets the uh, uh, conviction, of the kid, even though it's pretty clear it was he, he went about it underhandedly. Though we don't mm-hmm. know for sure the kid was innocent. For all they That's know, true. They, they do believe he was guilty. I mean, aside from the eyewitness, yeah, maybe they didn't have a case, but they still believe he did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where we come down on this, but I I uh, I still give the edge here to. To D.A. Allen, even though I hate to do it, I feel dirty doing it. I think he was the the best, did the best lawyering. Well, I, I think that's some very astute analysis. Um, however, uh, we've made we've 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 uh, we've written some checks that need to be cashed. We made some promises that need to be fulfilled. Um, we're going to need uh, that analysis again, but you know, sexy. You know, I didn't agree to this. Uh, <laughs> So, look, at the end of the day, Keith, I think D.A. Allen took the law into his own meaty hand and just paddled Lindsay with it, just paddled her right on the little bottom and came out on top. (laughs) You're making me do this. (laughs) Uh, Torturing Mike is fun. (laughs) Uh, everyone's uncomfortable now. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my uh, unsexy analysis. <laughs> I 
I'm, I think you're right. We are faced with an ethical quandary here. However, I think because our heroes kind of sucked at lawyering, they both were not good. So, you know, if you do well and lose, I think you can win the MVL. But if you suck at it, you just can't. And frankly, it's not Alan Lowe who di- who did the thing that made this go. It's ADA Kenneth Walsh. Kenneth Walsh was the one who won this case for them. He's the one who made it happen. And so, you know, ethics aside, I think he was the most valuable lawyer. Okay. We got a so, Splitsky. We're Splitskis. So congratulations, sort of. Uh, ADA Kenneth Walsh and, or uh, they're both ADAs? Weird. It's interesting. He's he's not the DA. He's the ADA, just like uh, but they made, they, be, they made reference, though, in chambers to his uh, stump speech, which meant he run, ran for DA. Right, it was what right. I, how I took it. I think that's I, an IMDb. I, yeah, it, it could be IMDb. All right. Well, you know what's not IMDb? Guys, it's time to stretch. Here we go. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best. Guest actor, you are the best. Guest actor, you are the best. Guest actor on the episode. There's so much paint on my sweater. (laughs) You can tell that, like, I'm really bringing my A game because this is my painting sweater. You know, I thought it was, you know, Tamber was really, like you said, his kind of creepy, scary antagonist isn't generally a color we see on him uh, so much. And I thought he was just, he was winning it running away. But then I got to tell you, without a lot of lines and clearly having to cry on set all day, other guest actor, Joshua Harto. Joshua Harto really started to tug at my heartstrings. And those last couple of scenes with Lindsay. Your Harto strings? Yeah. He, oh, oh God. <laughs> man, that just took me out of the mood. Um, <laughs> He really, he really made me harto. <laughs> See, it was like a weird sex thing. I was like, I'm trying, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm running out of Do you have a bunch of cash in your pocket or are you feeling <laughs> yeah. harto for harto? <laughs> so, you know what? I think at the end of the day, uh, he, he pulled me, he was short, but he, his performance was thick and I will take it. <laughs> Ah, oh, I love this game. <laughs> no, I, this episode, if you wonder why, it never dropped. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I think, I mean, Jeffrey Tambor is, you know, despite his personal foibles, is a tremendous actor. And uh, yeah, and and I thought he was, I thought he was great. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think because Joshua Harta really had to do all of the emotional heavy lifting of this because all of the ethical quandaries for our characters and all the emotional consequences of this ethical quandary for all of our characters hinge on Joshua making us care for this character. And he, he, and he did, I mean, you know, there, there were times where there was, you know, maybe pushing a little hard on the gas, but he, he needed to. And um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. So congratulations, Joshua Harto, for your best guest 
actor. And now it's time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show uh, first, a side note shout out. As you mentioned, uh, there was a couple of like just scenes that didn't need to be in the show that were in the show. But I thought that uh, Marla Sokolov, who was in just two like throwaway scenes, is always just so committed. Like in that coffee scene, she had to like break up that weird scene and come and give some needed exposition. And then in the in the newspaper scene, she came in and she had to like deliver some needed exposition. So like, just a shout out for doing your well. She she was the only one, especially in the coffee scene, who didn't look uncomfortable to be in that scene. Yeah, right. Everybody else is like, "What are we doing?" It's like I don't know if I'm uh, all right. Uh, it was the, actually the her parts were the only bits that made it so that that scene actually needed to exist in this episode and couldn't have just right. been inserted into any other episode. Right, uh, right. but. Uh, the, and also a shout out to, once again, Reasonable Bobby. I think Dylan, you know, he's not getting a lot to do in these episodes, but he's wearing them so well. Reasonable Bobby really is a fan favorite for me. That said, I think this is Kelly Williams' episode running away. She, man, they really put her between a rock and a hard place. A rock and a hard place. Oh, uh, I, I, I was I was going to say, like, this is not feeling very sexy, yeah. right? <laughs> Keith, I can't judge what you find sexy. God knows who does. Uh, just building yeah, cat baby. enclosures. We can't all just can't all just be cat enclosure building. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I think Lindsay or Kelly Williams showed the determination of winning, the determine the 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 sheer sort of crush of the moral weight of the situation, and the fact that she was responsible for it. Uh, and then what I thought was really beautiful was when she thinks you could see in her performance, and sometimes, you know, Keith and I value silent performance better than with lines, that she thought when they were in chambers that 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 ruling was going to go her way. And then when he says, but you could literally see it drain yeah. from her performance, which I thought was wonderful. And then that little tag of her going up to Ron, the D.A. Allen or Allen. What's his last name? So I stopped calling him D.A. Allen. Allen Lowe. D.A. Lowe. ADA low and giving him that him that sort of jab being like I guess this is where how we're going to play it going forward uh, I just thought it was wonderful so my my oopsie goes to Kelly Williams yeah no you're you're absolutely right I mean I think it's 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 Kelly's episode I thought Michael did some really good work yes sort of being trapped and I I really liked the scene at the end where he tries to strong arm uh what's his name and then loses he gets strong-armed back and he gets his ass kicked and i i loved seeing our his his character fail mm -hmm. in that situation and watch him fail and i thought michael did a great job with that but yes i think it's i think it's kelly williams performance kelly williams show um yeah she did she did a really good job with that and and particularly her last scene She's just giving the information, but like you can just see how hard it's it's weighing on her. Um, and she did fuck up, and and I think that that's uh, I, I I liked it. So congratulations, Kelly Williams, on your best actor award. Next up, don't forget to make it sexy. 
The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Well, guys, you know, how many times has Tom thrown a long bomb into the end zone and just scored and scored and scored Mm -hmm. so many times that maybe you want a little bit of his success in your life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you do, you can pick up his new book, When Life Hands You Lombardies. (laughs) Find your inner winner. Uh, from the Tom Brady self-help series. Which you uh, photoshopped people. yourself, and that's did. fantastic. It's, you did an amazing job with that. Uh, yes. Uh, I wish, I, what I wanted to say was, I, I was trying to come up with a good tag that was like, uh, how uh, being rich and famous can help, help your ego, but I, I just, I, I, I how about How about reinflate your, your life? Oh, that's a good one. That's good. Well, too bad. Don't so, toss your dreams in, the, in a Tampa harbor. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you'll notice that he has all his Lombardis on there. He got all six in. I did have to Google it. He's seven. No, six. Is it six? I thought it was seven. I Googled it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, let's go ahead and, you know, we can't kill Tom this season as we've decided. But no, I can, no, that, those are the rules. I can make you uh, still have to put this on the internet. So let's go ahead and make another wild accusation. And this week's mm-hmm. winner of the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady is Degenerate Gambler Tom Brady. Oh, okay. All right. Degenerate Gambler Tom Brady. I'm not sure how sexy that is, though. It doesn't have to be sexy. That doesn't have to be sexy. Oh, you mean my reading of it? No, no, no. It all has to be sexy. Oh, he's going to get a big bet. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you, man. Because <laughs> there's so many sound clips I just suspect are going to get snip, snip, snapped out of this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, congratulations, uh, sexy degenerate gambler Tom Brady. Yeah, put him in lingerie. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well, folks, it's just you and me now. None of that weird sex stuff Keith's making us do. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty, shall we? Uh, Here's the thing with this episode. Yeah, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm a little tired, and yeah, Keith made me be thirsty the whole time. Made you? Yeah, Keith. Somebody brought the thirsty to the table. The desert was not brought by me. You're not on camera. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, shoo. So, I really like this episode. I like, right from the top, I loved that we were posing that moral quandary to Ron Livingston and, and D.A. Allen Lowe because he's new, right? And and we haven't seen what makes him tick yet. And this has this was a great a great way to kind of see into his the gears turning and I'm interested because unlike Helen, who we came to learn uh, her is a, is a bit unscrupulous. uh, DA Alan Lowe has a little bit more. He's a little more Lindsay in him than Helen currently, but nonetheless he did the dirty. And so that's the, let the cards fall where they may let the chips fall where they may. I'm trying to conflate so many analogies. So, 
my problem with this big with this episode, and I loved that A case. I loved the case all the way through. I like how it resolved. I like the performances clear through. I like uh, that Lindsay lost. I think it tells a much more realistic tale, and it carries more punch for I think the kind of questions that David E. Kelly likes to raise. Right? It's not always the good guys win. Sometimes we get that, but a lot of times we get the sort of the the more the questions are raised and then even more questions are raised because we lost we don't just get to win everything although he does do the david e. kelly trope of i'm just gonna have the judge say what my actual opinion is in chambers yada yada my problem here is that there's no reason look even the jeffrey tambor case is interesting the bookie who or who threat makes a threat to kill somebody Wally's. What's interesting though is that I f it feels a little bit redundant. Like it feels like the whole Richard Bay arc cribbed a lot of this, or we cribbed a lot of this from the Richard Bay arc, and that did it better. So in order to kind of color it, they put Jimmy into this predicament that is, it feels, it it just feels out of nowhere. Not that it's unrealistic that one of them would have a problem, but we've never seen a hint of it in any other season. Jimmy's never never stressed any other time. We've never seen him be stressed. And it also colors all of the other cases he's done where they've won money, where he would be more incentivized because he's got this illegal gambling debt on the side. It just, it throws, it, it sort of like retcons plot into previous episodes that is unnecessary. And it just, I mean, other than now he feels threatened that he needs to come up with this money, it's just like, it, it it's another harpoon into into Jimmy's character that just feels unnecessary and and it, it just a little gross to me. I, maybe you'll have a differing opinion. It just feels shoehorned. I, 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 uh, Michael Badalucco performs it, shows those stakes, shows the pressure. I thought the scene between him and Bobby was beautiful and shows their friendship. And I love that we brought back up you know, he thinks his legacy, it's, I mean, the the therapy going into Jimmy's brain space is eh, interesting that he's got this, he's like, look, I started as a, I started as a degenerate and I'm just continuing that legacy, I, I guess. But we've done so much to have him win some cases and to, and be the good guy and to, and, and to resolve that this just seems like a step backwards. I, I didn't love it. And so I'm dinging the episode a bit for it. I'm going to give it seven point. Seven point three three spare tires. Yeah, I, I I think to piggyback on your Jimmy's legacy issue. Nope, like it's always I, it's just me all the time. No Keith. No yeah, Keith. Yeah, well, yeah. What the heck? You shoot no me, Keith. and now you don't know how to get to my. You're, you know, you're going to play the oopsie intro every time you do when you try to get to my one shot. That's you're what absolutely happens. right. You're damn right. That's exactly what was going to happen. But not this time. See, I protected you. Yeah, I, I I think that the Jimmy legacy issue. I, Jimmy introduces in this episode a lot of different things, all of which would be interesting to be with for the character. The gambling thing—that's interesting. His concern about his legacy, about how he started with the firm and how he began as you know somebody who was not successful and did the Jimmy the Grunt thing, and if they had continued that theme of Jimmy wrestling with his past, wrestling with his legacy throughout the series, I think that'd be really fascinating. And if we saw him 
battling like low self-esteem or low self-worth, which maybe led him into the gambling angle. I think that'd be a very interesting story to tell. The problem is they haven't stole, they haven't told us that story. Mm. The last three seasons, we've seen Jimmy as very confident and competent and successful. And there was no hint of him struggling with this. And it just sort of comes into this episode abruptly. Sort of like you said. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like that story. I wish they had told that story. That would have made Jimmy a more interesting character to be wrestling with this, but that's just not what they uh not what they did. Another issue that I had with the with the episode was the whole thing rides Lindsay's case. The whole thing rides on this kid being innocent, right? So he's the all of the emotional stakes, all of the, the DAs are, are behaving badly, are predicated on this kid's innocent. But we don't have anything in the episode other than Lindsay's word that he's innocent, that he's mm. actually innocent. And, you know, we see him throwing, you know, stuff off the table early on, and Lindsay just didn't bat an eye about it. And, like, so he has a propensity for violence, at least in some level. And so... If you if the story you're telling is this innocent kid got screwed and look at this miscarriage of justice, I understand leaving it a little bit ambiguous, but I I think the episode's point of view is that we're supposed to take it for granted that he was innocent, but they didn't give us much. That's fair. Uh, to to believe that, if the episode wanted to make it ambiguous then that's fine. I think that's a perfectly interesting story to tell too. But especially by the end and we're sort of fading in on his face, it's clear the episode's point of view is he's innocent. But we could have used more. Uh, more than just Lindsay's word. And it, maybe there's a scene that was cut or whatever. Another weird thing about that story was the red herring about his mother not showing up to his trial. Yeah, what was that about? Right, because they, cause they, they made a a big point of bringing that up, but then it goes nowhere. We don't ever find out why she didn't show up at the trial. We don't ever find out, we don't ever see consequences of that. Mm. It's just sort of brought up as an important thing and then discarded, which was- Yeah, a, that's a good point. Like what happened with that? It, it It's almost like this episode was, ran long <laughs> and they cut out a scene or two that explored these things. But I can't quite figure out um, why? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. It's a, it's a fine episode. I liked a lot of the beats. Um, but it, it, it didn't quite come together. I think the way they intended it to. Um, and as a result, it's, you know, it's average. It's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, but it could, it could have been, it could have been a lot better. So yeah, I'm going to give it, 7.12 tires because it's not a bad episode. It's a, it's a good episode. It's a perfectly fine episode, but it's not one that I've been like, oh, I want to go back and, and revisit that case. Or and it feels like we'll probably, we'll probably go back to it at some point, right? Because we have to find out how it pans out with Jimmy, right? Well, yeah, one would imagine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens with that story that might inform some of this. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it it feels like a like it's not an episode I'd go back to. It's gonna fade. It, it's I'm gonna forget this episode even happened. Do we need to talk about this? 
Oh, we obviously have to reveal the Easter egg. Obviously. So is that from that, Max Hedron? No, that is Peggy Miley, the old lady who died in Star Trek Insurrection. Oh, I should have uh, known it was a trick. Of course. That was in the opening scene with Picard in his uh in his uh, uh dress uniform. He had to put the stupid thing on his head. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, intent forward. So there it is, folks. All right. Folks, you have gotten through uh, maybe one of the more ridiculous episodes of the <laughs> Out of Practice podcast, including I forgot to update the episode number on our slate there. Oops. It's not season. It's not episode two. It's episode three. Well, we're liars. If you would like to email us and complain, you can get us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. We could do us a huge favor and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Maybe not about this episode, but maybe another one. We'd really, really appreciate it. <laughs> this episode of the Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Jorge Novoa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. Did you know you can join them? And your money and donations go to learning us how to change the things to the right numbers so Go we need to more learning money. us how to change the thing <laughs> do you ever wonder can this be sexier can it just get <laughs> sexier well we need your donations to do that you can do so by dropping us a one-time donation or a monthly contribution you can find the links to do so in our show notes Keith it's your turn to be sexy give me your sexiest laser sounds no <laughs> Son of a lasers. Everybody just picture Keith getting pegged by that old lady dressed in her insurrection costume. Let's just picture it as we slowly fade to I'm turning off my camera. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Laser sounds. <laughs> <laughs>